Good morning. It's good to be back with everyone. Uh, my name is Tyler. I get to be, uh, as Pastor John mentioned uh, earlier, I get to be the vicar at Family of God. Uh, I was also, I had the privilege, I don't know if it was a privilege, I was tormented for about six months here uh, as an intern about two, about two years ago. Um, looking back, that was an incredible experience, actually. Uh, all of you guys, all, all of the pastors, including John, uh, made that transition into, into my ministry now. Uh, Almost a breeze. Lots of, a couple of hiccups along the way. Um, but again, it is just incredibly great to be back with you guys. Uh, so I, I thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be with you. Uh, just a quick little tidbit about myself. Uh, lots of changes uh, have happened uh, just in the last two years since I've been here. And probably uh, the greatest blessing, uh, the, the beautiful young lady on the left, uh, that is my fiance Brandy. We are planning on getting married in February, not January, as it says in the bulletin. Uh, Pastor Jim came up to me later. He says, I, so you moved up your wedding? I said, no. February next year. Uh, so if, uh, if you see her walking around, uh, you feel, please feel free to ask her what the heck she was thinking when she said yes. Um, <laughs> My wonderful family uh, here in the middle, um, when this picture was taken, uh, my dad says, man, my head looks big. And I, so I tried to squeeze it a little bit together. I did my best. I'm sorry. Um, and of course, uh, Pastor Jim on the right, that picture was taken at Bush Stadium, uh, home of the Cardinals, uh, when we went to St. Louis for my orientation. Uh, and we just discovered something very fun about ourselves. Uh, is anyone familiar with Ancestry.com? Has anyone ever done it? So we decided it'd be fun to do that. Uh, and come to find out, Pastor Jim's great, 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 is that six? Grandfather or grandmother, I don't remember which one, was the brother or the sister of my father's great, 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 great grandmother or grandfather. So uh, we're like six cousins, 18 times removed or however all of that goes. Um, so family of God is a family business. Uh, who would have known? Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, so but we get to do ministry with, uh, with Amanda. I see Amanda back there too. She's our director of development uh, and wonderful asset to our team uh, that has come along uh, in the last year as well. So again, just thank you so much for allowing me to be with you this morning. I was very, very excited when Pastor Tim called me uh, and asked me. So excited that I went and told uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Ryan Peterson from Concordia. I believe he was here a couple of months ago. Uh, I get to work at Concordia in the mornings uh, before I go to Family of God in the evenings. And when I told him how excited I was, he goes, man, Shepherd's Gate must have really lowered their standards to allow you to be back here. Um, and I just thought that was so funny because I'm looking at the, you know, the cool series that you guys are in right now, valuing everyone. So I think that actually you have elevated your standards. And I just think that is awesome that there are still churches that are challenging themselves to be Christ in this world, to show that love, uh, and to really talk about it and talk about how we can do this better. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I have two goals uh, in this message. The first goal is to just first let you know what's going on at Family of God on the southwest side of Detroit. Uh, all kinds of things that God is doing uh, through our volunteers, through, uh, through our ministry staff. And the other thing that I want to do is I want to make you guys feel a little bit uncomfortable in your faith. Um, and what I mean by that is, I think that there's an ongoing battle uh, in our churches today, battle between compassion and complacency. And compassion is that when we do something, it's that, that the action word that we do when we, when we respond to the brokenness 
of our world, to the sin that is completely consuming our world. Whereas complacency is just kind of walking by and just kind of letting it happen, being okay with it. And as Christians, we should not be okay with somebody not knowing who Jesus is, especially when they're, look, when they're right in front of you. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. The first things first, I want to talk about about family of God, where we are. Uh, we are about a 33-mile journey, 45-minute drive uh, from Shepherd's Gate. We are on the uh, southwest side of Detroit. We are about a mile away from Dearborn uh, and about a um, mile and a half from Mexican town, so we're kind of smooshed right in the middle. Uh, very, a very diverse cultural rainbow, as I discussed in the video. This is where we were, a very small storefront ministry. We were here for about 10 years, and as you can tell by this photo, and probably a little better by this one, uh, we were very, very cramped. Our ministry is founded on relationships, and our ministry uh, thrives when we are able to sit and talk with people and get to know them, get to know their story, weave the gospel story into their story, uh, so that they become you know, better followers of Christ or come to know who Christ is for, for maybe for the very first time. So because we had so many people, our, we were kind of limited on what we could and couldn't do because we had a small space. So after months of prayer, years of prayer, um, God blessed us with a 10,000 square foot building uh, that was completely paid for. We bought it with no mortgage uh, by, because our churches that support us we're able to raise all that money, donate it to us, and we were able to buy this building and continue our, continue our ministry and do it more effectively. And you can see here, we're still getting all kinds of people. And at the, at the first service, uh, we showed the video afterward, the, the little buffer video the, the, that highlights Family of God. We showed it today first, or we showed it last. At, yeah, so we showed it first here. So then it had the picture of the, of the rainbow. So I'm really glad that it's, that, that's, I want that image to be in your head because that picture really means a lot to me, to Pastor, and to Amanda because sometimes ministry there can be very, very difficult. Is anyone familiar with Murphy's Law? Yeah, okay, so um, that's good. I don't have to. And uh, when we have those days, I call them Murphy's Days, when everything goes wrong. You know, I think on this particular day when this picture was taken, there was a, we had a, a, a verbal exchange that was nasty, believe that there was physical violence at one point, um, and just everything, just really not a good feeling about the day. And Pastor Hill and I decided, well, you know, maybe we just need a day to regroup, and we'll come back, you know, in a little, you know, in a couple of days, and really kind of refocus. And as we were walking out, he says, um, he says to me, I'll let you know if we're going to come tomorrow. And we walked out, we looked to our left, it had just been raining, and we see the rainbow, and he looks at me and he says, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Because there was that reminder that God continues to be faithful to us even when times are hard. And even when things aren't going right, God continues to push us forward. He continues to work through us and he continues to minister to people. He's like, these people are going to come to know Jesus whether you like it or not. Um, so that, that's a great reminder for us about his faithfulness because as we are in the middle of a, a crucial sanctuary project, I would say. Uh, this was the sanctuary of the, of the new building before we started renovations in, in, the, in this room. Um, we got to this point where we ripped it all out. A couple of volunteers from Shepherd's Gate came down and assisted with this. And we continued to build, uh, build the altar area, the area in the front. Uh, and what's really cool about uh, one of the kneeling rails is that there are bricks in this kneeling rail. And the story behind that is pretty remarkable because 
out of the old location, we had a drug house on the right side of family of God and a drug house on the left side of family of God. Places where many of our folks uh, shot dope, places where many of our folks lived, places where many of our folks um, did unspeakable things. I mean, it was just a den of sin, a den of evil. And after, again, after more prayer, God tore this down. There was a pile of bricks to the right of our church. All of us went outside. We prayed around these bricks. And the prayer was, as Pastor Jim said, he said that if God can tear down a drug house, God can build us a church. And the reminder of this promise, this faithfulness, was our, the completed project, which was just completed a couple of uh, weeks ago. And it's, <laughs> praise God, praise God. So, and the reason behind this is we want to, number one, we want to be able to uh, continue to build those relationships with our, with our people during the, in the fellowship hall, because now we'll have more space for eating. Uh, but the other thing, too, is we're, talk, we're thinking about value. The goal, I think, of this project was we wanted our people to feel valued, that the, that the time, the effort, and the money that went into making this possible is for them because they're worth it, because they're worth, they were worth somebody coming and dying for them. They're worth having a space to praise God, to worship God, and to receive his sacraments. Um, so again, as we're thinking about value, I want to, we're going to shift gears to compassion because I really feel that compassion is rooted in value, or rather value is rooted in compassion because it's, it's action. When you show somebody compassion, you are communicating a vital truth that, especially in our community in Southwest Detroit, does not get communicated a whole lot or very well. You see, when you're, when you're showing compassion, it's that, it's that gut-wrenching, we-have-to-do-something kind of love. It's not being okay with seeing the addiction issues. It's not being okay with seeing somebody that's struggling, seeing a mom that's really struggling. It's doing something about it. And for us, sometimes it means loving the unlovable, serving the ungrateful, and forgiving the unforgivable. So in our text this morning, um, I would invite you guys to open up your Bibles. Uh, we're going to look at, because Jesus really uh, explains to us what this compassion looks like, what this love and action looks like. So we're going to look at Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. That's on page 831 of your Bibles. And there's a lot in this chunk of text. Um, but we're only going to focus on uh, verses 35 through 40, uh, but we'll kind of sum up a little bit as we go. And it reads like this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did you see a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you in sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. That's compassion. It's putting, putting, your, you know, putting your mouth where your talk is, or however that saying goes. It's living up to, living up to, what, to what you say. You confess, you, you confess Christ, this is what you do out of faith. We know that we are not saved by our works, right? We're saved by faith alone, but faith is never alone. Faith is always accompanied with works. You can't separate the two of them. I guess you can't separate, no, you can't separate the two of them. You show your faith by the things that you do. And in this story, 
There's two groups of people. There's the righteous and the unrighteous. The people on Jesus' right, the people on Jesus' left. And both groups, they recognize who Jesus is, or they, they recognize the, the people. They see the naked man. They see the hungry man. They see the thirsty man. They don't recognize it as Jesus. In fact, the, the group on his left say, you know, if Jesus, if we knew that it was you, we would have served you. And that's not the point. The missing link here that separates the two groups is compassion. The groups that were serving their neighbors, serving the least of these, they are the ones that are showing compassion, and they are the ones that get it. They're living out their faith. And I think that Acts 1, this really sets up because we, as we are living our faith, as we are doing faith, we are doing compassion, showing our neighbors that we love them, we are being witnesses. And friends, I'm telling you that sometimes you are going to be the only Bible that somebody may ever read. So your story better reflect what Christ is because if it doesn't, then people get a wrong idea of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. It has no validity to it. We have a responsibility as Christians to show compassion, to draw other people to faith. That's our responsibility. Jesus gives us this mission because we're witnesses. In Acts 1.8, he says, you will, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He says, you, not the person sitting next to you, not Pastor John or Pastor Tim or whoever it may be, it's you. You will be a witness in Jerusalem, so in areas like Shepherd's Gate, in Judea, the Shelby Township community, and even the ends of the earth. I just, the team just came back from Belize. You know, there's, you know, I know the teams have gone to Honduras. I've been to Guatemala. All wonderful things, doing great stuff for the kingdom of God. But I think sometimes we forget about Samaria. Samaria is the place that people usually don't want to go. Because in this time, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. So when Jesus commanded his disciples to do this, they were kind of like, what? We don't really like them. We don't get along with them. So my challenge for you to be really thinking about is where is your Samaria? Where's an area that you've been hesitant to go to? An area that has people that desperately needs to know of our grace-giving God. For us at Family of God, um, that's exactly what that is. It's Samaria. It's full of people that need to know who Jesus is. And our mission is to seek the lost, to bring back the strayed, to bind up the injured, uh, and to strengthen the weak. And the ways that we do that Uh, various efforts of worship and prayer. We have a ladies' Bible study. We have a a group, our group meets uh, on Wednesday evenings for part of our our midweek services. Right now we're in Advent, or not Advent, we're in Lent, so we have a Lenten theme with our uh, our services. Uh, This picture here, I think, sums up our ladies' group excellently because uh, it's, it's a group of our volunteers and, and our people in the community that are praying together because they really are focusing on that relationship. And the ladies that come to volunteer are some of the most compassionate women that I've ever met. A little odd sometimes, but they're the most compassionate people that I've ever met. Um, and then the, the great thing for me is baptisms. When we get to baptize children, when we get to baptize adults, and they get to receive the Holy Spirit, they get to receive forgiveness of sins, and these two individuals in particular, one, you know, both of them struggled with addiction for years. And they got to the point where they can't do it anymore. They need, they recognize their need for Christ. They confess Christ. They desire to be baptized. And then now they're being witnesses in the community. They're actively serving. And it's just so cool to be a part of. 
So the other thing, you know, we talked about in the, in the video, again, we serve meals six days a week. It ends up being about 30,000 meals per year. Uh, pretty incredible that God uses our, all of our uh, supporting congregations to provide all of this food for our people because they run through it like crazy because they're, they're hungry. They're all very, very hungry. And we meet different human needs. Uh, we have a NA group that meets on Fridays. Uh, we have a food pantry uh, right now that we're, you know, if somebody needs food to take home with them. And then we do clothing things like this as well. So you can see Pat there on the bottom. I think that's Ron Cazera on the right. He's got his back turned to us. Um, but a couple of people from Shepherd's Gate came down and helped to distribute these coats and these sweatshirts that we had received uh, in the time of cold. And then our, the latest um, partnership that we've had has been the Luke Project. Uh, so this is a mother and baby clinic uh, coming alongside moms uh, because the infant mortality rate is so high in Detroit. And they're, they're working through their nurses and their volunteers to help mothers uh, and their children up to a year old to, with the end goal of, uh, of making disciples and make, letting them know who Jesus is as well by meeting that physical need. Then, of course, our, the latest uh, mountain that we're trying to climb up uh, is, uh, is our mentoring program. Uh, these are just a small sample of our kids. I pointed out the young man in the middle making one of the goofiest faces uh, that I've ever seen. Um, but this mentoring program, we've really shifted our ministry to focus on our kids because our, the desire for us is to show our 10-year-old girls that there, are, there is another option than getting pregnant by the time that you're 13 and having three kids by the time you're 17. There's, we're trying to show our young men, that our, you know, our 11-year-olds, that there's another option than shooting dope for the first time when you're 13 and having a baby or having, being a father by the time that you're 15 or 16 and never getting out of high school and ending up on the streets. And we do this through compassion, through a lot of forgiveness, through a lot of struggle. Um, again, we, though sometimes compassion is hard and it causes you to really cling to the grace of God because it's only through him that we're able to show compassion over and over and over and over again. So, and I think as we move forward, as we are talking about all these different local missions, I think each local mission would tell you the same thing, that they kind of use this very similar uh, uh, process. There's four steps, particularly in our ministry. And it starts with compassion. It starts with meeting people where they are with no judgment and just coming to them, coming alongside of them. And it's perfectly illustrated uh, by Deacon Tim here. This was a couple of years ago. He's holding the hand and praying with a gentleman uh, who on a Friday night, he, was, he had passed out, he had overdosed uh, in front of, like leaning up against our door. And Tim didn't ask any questions. He helped him up, he picked him up and carried him across the street, propped him up, got him some water and just began praying with him. And then that man was in Bible study the next week hearing God's word. So Tim's love and his compassion for this man was that gateway into uh, leading him into knowing who Jesus was. The step two is after you've met them where they are, it's serving them where they are. And, and here, uh, one of our volunteers, his name is John, uh, he went all over town trying to figure out where he can find hearing aids because the woman in the white hat She's one of the, I don't know if, they, if you guys have any people that are hard of hearing here, maybe, but uh, if there's anyone here, so Rosemary during Bible study, in the middle of Bible study will go, what? What? I can't hear you. And so, and it's, <laughs> you know, we'll have the Apostles' Creed up on the screen and we're talking about the Apostles' Creed before we confess it together and she'll just start reading the Apostles' Creed because she can't hear what's going on. So, and when John found 
found the hearing aids and he gave them to her and she heard voices clear as day. The, the excitement and the joy on her face is indescribable. So serving people in their time of need. And then you get to step three, which is they ask the golden question. And the golden question is why? Why are you being so nice? Why are you coming down to family of God? Why are you, you know, Tyler, you live in Ann Arbor. Why would you leave Ann Arbor to come to, come to the family of God, to hang out with people like us? And then you get to tell the story of the, the greatest event of all time, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just recently, uh, we had one of our 11-year-olds, Anthony, he's on the right there, uh, posted up in the chair. Uh, and Amanda was leading Bible study with, with, some of, with some of our kids. And he got on the topic of, and he asked the question, how do you get to heaven? And Amanda told him, you know, about, about Jesus and the faith in Jesus that gets us to, to heaven and the forgiveness of sins that he offers. Anthony leans back in his chair, puts his hands like this, and he says, well, I'm Gucci. Now, I'm 26 years old, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I can't be that old. And we figured out that it means, like, you're golden. Like, I'm all set. That was his 11-year-old confession of Christ. So we were able to, because of, because he got to the point, he's, he was able to see what was going on, and he asked, the, I mean, he asked why. He asked why in his odd little way. And then once they ask why and they hear, the, they hear the answer, then they move into step four, which is fellowship, which is becoming a disciple, becoming a believer with other people. And the community that is built between fellow believers, especially in a community like this, is something to see. It's something incredibly special. So my challenge for you is, what about Samaria? What about the people that are broken, that are completely broken to their core, that are consumed by sin, that have not, don't have an opportunity to hear Jesus? What about them? And I want us to think, when we're showing compassion, we're showing these people who Jesus is. We're showing the least of these that, that Jesus is their answer. And when you meet the physical need, you're always accompanied with, a, with a, the spiritual need. Because when you, at, when you provide for the physical need, they're going to ask you why at some point. They will. It, they just, it, it happens. And I want us to think about Matthew 25 in a little bit of a different sense because when it's you coming to people, it's Jesus coming to people and meeting these needs for them. So their response is this. I was hungry, Jesus, and you gave me bread of life. I was thirsty, Jesus, and you gave me living water. I was a stranger, and Jesus, you became my friend. I was naked, Jesus, and you clothed me in your righteousness. And I was sick, and you healed me. And I was in prison, Jesus, and you set me free. And that's what compassion is. Compassion is coming alongside our people, coming alongside whoever it may be that needs to hear this life-changing, chain-breaking good news of Jesus Christ. So what is Samaria for you? As we just talked about local missions, there's all kinds of different opportunities. There's gonna be, I think there's a couple of places out in the, in the hallway, but challenge yourself to not just be complacent, not be okay. I know that there's a lot of not okayness in this world. There's a lot of just, frankly, evil in this world. Don't be okay with it. Put your faith into action to help those who are suffering, 
to help those who desperately need to cling to Jesus. Help them get to that point because you have been called to do that. Each one of you that, whose heart has the gospel, each one of you is a missionary and each one, each heart that does not have the gospel, that's your mission field. And that is, should be our focus today, tomorrow, and as we move forward. So, again, Jesus is the answer to our problems. Jesus, it's all about Jesus, and Jesus is compassion. And that, my friends, is something worth sharing. Would you guys pray with me, please? Almighty God, we give you thanks for the, the opportunity to, again, to gather, to hear your word, and Lord, I pray so much, and I thank you for my friends here at Shepherd's Gate, and I thank you for uh, their love and for their compassion that they've already shown but I ask, Lord, that you would motivate them, that you would set that fire in their hearts, that they would not be complacent, that they would not be just okay with doing enough, but they would make that next step to really challenge each other, to challenge, uh, challenge their faith, to make that step to go to Samaria and to share the good news of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name that we pray, amen. Amen. You would just give a hand to Tyler. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing, and Tyler's going to be at the door, so I'm going to take over for here so he has a chance to skedaddle, <laughs> skedaddle over to the door. <laughs> skedaddle. I used that word at our 830 service, and then Tyler made fun of me. So I it was great. It again. <laughs> it was great. Turn off your microphone. What are you doing? <laughs> All right, now that he's made his way over there, could you stand as you receive the blessing? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace and his encouragement to go out there to your Samaria and make a difference in his name. Amen? Amen. Amen.